The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Here they come! What the hell are you two doing? The revolution with Jim and Trav is what America is screaming for. Ah! Oh yeah! You are a part of it. One's as bad as the other. Rev it up, baby! You are the reason the outdoors is rising. Go! It's go time! And together, we're taking it mainstream. I don't believe you're seriously considering listening to these men. Welcome to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here they are. <laughs> don't. Da-da-don't. Da-da-don't. Down. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Who is it? If you don't Steven know Steven Tyler, ACDC. Back in black. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, so we are talking all things Jimbo doesn't know, like good music. Um, from the ground up, great show this week. Yeah. Hey, our first guest is Randy Birdsong. Tweet, 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 tweet. Uh, he's the host of all-new show, King of the Raven, Outdoor Channel Tuesdays, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Such a cool show. Then we're going to have on River Class. This guy is fascinating. He's a class act. Yeah, I'm so glad Jimbo brought that up. <laughs> I'm sure Jimbo is going to call him Klaus. <laughs> uh, he's got Ranch America. Uh, it premiered Monday, March 6th, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. You have to watch that show. It's all about uh, small family ranch. The beef industry. It's really interesting, guys. Uh, make sure you stick around and listen for it. Then we're going to wrap things up with Cat Daddy. Cat Daddy, you can't mispronounce his name. Yeah, he's sitting on a dock of the bay. <laughs> right? No, he's on the Delaware River. All right, so let's get to Cat Daddy. Randy Birdsong. <laughs> well, we'll get to one of them. Let's do it. What's happening out there, man? Homegrown is on the revolution with Jim and Trav this week. You guys in? Oh, I'm in. Now kicking off a two-part interview with Randy Birdsong, host of King of the Raven on Outdoor Channel, Tuesdays, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part one. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Randy Birdsong! <laughs> Alright, so this man, you know what he does? What does he do? He talks to the birdies and the deer, and then he kills them! That's what he does. Randy Birdsong He's the host of what, Jimbo? King of the Raven. <laughs> Thank you. Outdoor King of Channel, the Raven. All new series, Tuesdays, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You have to watch it. Mr. Randy, how's it going, buddy? Man, I'm going. I'm just doing good down here in Missouri, other than I'm picking up from the flood a little bit. We, uh, we, we've had some high waters down here, so we've been dealing with all kinds of stuff besides what's going on on the farm and the king of the raven. So I've, I've been busy the last few days. Yeah. Now, the, the raven, there's a difference between a raven and a crow, isn't there? Man, I guess there is. I, I, you know, to be, that's, getting, that's getting above my pay grade, though, on what the difference is. I know, I know they sound a little bit different, but outside of that, I could, they, they, they look awful similar to me. Well, actually, they have, uh, the raven actually has more wing feathers, wing tip feathers, than the crow does. See, there you go. Hey. Um, you're a raven mastermind already. <laughs> he says, file that in useless information and move on. <laughs> Little known and useless information. Now, you got to tell me, for one, I really want to know, though, kind of playing off of what Jimbo said, 
King of the Raven. What a cool name. How did you come up with King of the Raven? Well, man, to be honest with you, we've got a uh, we've got a farm here in Missouri that we purchased a few years ago, and we call it the Raven. So that's the name of our farm. That name come from a story a long time ago from New Mexico on an elk hunt that I had a uh, I had kind of a cool weird encounter with a raven, and it kind of always stuck to me. So whenever we bought this place in Missouri, I thought, man. That name sticks out. It's cool. I'm gonna call it the Raven, and then so we just ran with it. And then now, you know, we've uh, we've worked on that property for a few years. We've done a lot of projects, a lot of uh, a lot of video work out there. You know, that's been on Headhunters, and then we've got a series on Waypoint called the Raven Project that we do a lot of management stuff. And now we uh, we decided to do a little six part competition series with the Outdoor Channel called King of the Raven. So. We film a lot of different stuff out there on that one particular piece of ground, but it's a uh, it's definitely a neat place here in, in southern Missouri for sure. Yeah, now let's talk about King of the Raven because the concept in what you guys are doing, it's kind of what people always do in hunting camp. There's always a little friendly competition, but you guys oh, yeah. have really taken it to the next level and kind of describe, because it's a deer hunting competition, um, kind of describe the basis of King yeah. of the Raven. Yeah, for sure. So, so basically, you know, on the Raven, we've got three of us that, you know, our part owners, co-owners on it per se, you know, Dustin Reese, myself, and then my little brother, Cody Birdsong. So we all hunt out there. We all manage it. And, you know, I mean, tensions can get high whenever you, uh, you have co-owners that are also hunting out there and chasing the same deer you are and working on the same food plots, whether they, they do work or do not do work in this case. And so it was time to kind of, you know, decide who was the king of the raven and to split this thing up into three zones so we took the farm we divided it up and basically each person was their own team captain and they decided you know the outcome basically of the fall from how much work they put into taking care of their side of things how much they kept up with their deer and and really from you know took it from how they managed their particular piece of the raven all the way down to their success this fall so you know, that, that the outcome, the end outcome is a culmination of all of the above. So it's a pretty cool, interesting, entertaining series for sure. Because like I said, there's, there's times of the year that tensions get really high. When you got friends involved, you got little brothers involved, things, uh, things that tend to get a little hostile at times. Yeah. Now with, uh, with these, this property you have, how many acres does each person get? Man, roughly about 400 acres. So oh, our, our, pro- our property there is, is right around 1200 acres and we, we divided it, you know, into three parts. So everybody had a handful of food plots on their own places. They had, you know, as many trail cameras as they wanted to put up, as many blinds, as many stands. You know, they could really, it was a blank slate for each team to be able to basically do whatever they wanted to do you know, to come out as successful as they could they could come out in the competition. You know, I'm thinking a corner lot in town, pretty big, one tree, a yucca bush. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, you know, I, I guess the one thing that really, when you're talking about this the whole time, that sticks out to me, it's truly, King of the Raven, man, is truly a competition with yourself. Because like the old adage, y- you get in what you put out, you know? Oh, 100 100- a hundred percent, which in this competition and in this series, you'll see that can go one of two ways. It can go really good for the guy that does put in the work. Yeah. Or on the flip side, if you're a little lazy, if you're used <laughs> to have a big brother, big brother and best friend take care of it for you. 
you know, you, you can you can also uh, you can lose the the benefits just as easy as you can reap them. So it's going to be interesting to see it all unfold coming this week for sure. Now, what is so cool is watching you and Nate on Headhunters and, you know, been featured on a lot of other people's shows. You, you've you hunted all over the place. You've done incredible things. You guys are so fun, charismatic to watch. But what is that like for you now? Obviously, big investment, right? A crap ton of work that most people can never even fathom. But there in Missouri, you're hunting on your own ground, man. I mean, that has man, to be such a good feeling. Oh, I can remember the first deer I shot, you know, after we bought that place that very first fall. And I can remember it being unlike any other deer that I've ever shot in my life. And and it wasn't because of how big the deer was. It was just because of being able to do it on your own dirt. I mean, it was a, it was a feeling like I'd never experienced before. And, you know, and since that day, I've done more and more you know, uh, since then on our own ground, because I do love it so much. And, you know, for me, it's more rewarding to be able to put the time, the energy into it and knowing that you, you created that, you know, I mean, we started from a, from ground zero and, and with a blank slate. And now, you know, most definitely have one of the best whitetail properties in our part of the country for sure. And, and just knowing that where it started and where it is now, and that you've had the number one hand in that success of making it that way, there's not a more rewarding thing in the world for me. You bet. Hey, can you stick around? We've got to uh, take a break. Absolutely. All right. Hey, we're talking with Randy Birdsong. He is the host of King of the Raven on Outdoor Channel, Tuesday nights at 1030 Eastern Time. You have to watch this all-new competition series. It is so much fun. But this has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Mr. Randy, to learn more about you, King of the Raven. Uh, dude, you have, like, a big list of things you do. Where can we find you online? You know, obviously, we do social media, Facebook, Instagram, and then also, you know, HeadhuntersTV.com, TheRavenProject.com. Find us anywhere there. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. You bet. Hey, more Randy Birdsong right after this. We ain't pretty. We don't smell nice. We shot a white tail once or twice. But if you don't care, then we don't care. So wave your flag and your guns up in the air. Let's go. Stick around. The revolution will return right after these messages. There are plenty of great anglers out there. This is a different world of fish. A different world. But there's only one Bill Dance. Boy, peel that line. Look at that dragon. That thing is gone. Get the scoop on the fish. You are a tarpon catching this son of a gun. Then get the fish in the boat. Are you happy? I'm very happy, buddy. <laughs> Bill Dance Saltwater, Saturdays at 1130 a.m. on Sportsman Channel. High Mountain Seasonings, the world's best kits for turning your game into jerky and sausage. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trav and Homegrown. Crank your engines. Now let's get back to Randy Birdsong, host of King of the Raven on Outdoor Channel, Tuesdays, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. This is part two. Hey, we are back. We're talking from the ground up. And we've been talking with Randy Birdsong. He's the host of King of the Raven on Outdoor Channel. It airs Tuesday nights at 10.30 Eastern Time. Now, question for you. You started off each selected plot of the 1,200 acres 
Do you, at the end of that first year, do you put every uh, plot in a hat and shake it up and you might get a different plot next year? Man, we, pro- we probably are. We haven't, we haven't started really strategizing on how we're going to format this, uh, this second season of King of the Raven, but it's definitely going to have some new twists and turns in it, I can promise you. So we, uh, we actually just got a piece of ground in Oklahoma. So we're going to, we're going to probably expand over there, kind of do the same thing that we're doing on the Raven here in Missouri and utilize both places for, uh, for King of the Raven for this coming year. Well, to paraphrase you, you, you know, tensions run high, especially when it's good buddies, when it comes to something you are so passionate about. Being totally honest, man. How difficult is that being co-owners with friends, co-workers, your brother? I mean, was that a good decision, bad decision? Is it something you thought, oh, crap, I should have done this myself? Has that ever been an issue for you? Oh, I, I don't know. I don't know that I'd ever do it again, to be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> anybody that tells you anybody that tells you that it's easy is straight up barefaced lying to you because the problem is, you know, everybody is always arguing on who put the most money in, who put the most time, who put the most work, who's killing the most deer off of it, who's taking advantage of it. I mean, the list, the list goes on and on and on. And it's, it's literally, it's literally like living in a sorority house for most of the year, it feels like. Sounds like you're dealing with a bunch of girls. I love the honesty. I'm telling you, that's exactly, that's exactly what it's like, man. That's and, uh, you know, everybody, everybody's opinions differ on, on every single issue that comes up. And of course, everybody, you know, thinks in their own mind that they're the right ones in the argument. But, uh, you know, the truth and, and, and the righteousness is probably somewhere found in the middle. Yeah, I would imagine that uh, as the people selected their their spots, if you will, their their 400 acres, uh, they had a, something in mind of what they want to do. Maybe one wanted to draw animals to it. Another one wanted to be able to be a bedroom community. And if you say, now, next year, we're going to switch this thing up. Hey, all the work that I just did to get these deer in here and uh, you want to take it over now and and uh, nobody went to your bedroom last year. Yeah, and that's kind of the funny thing about it is, it could, like I said earlier, I mean, it could really go one of two ways. I mean, it could go really good for you, or it could go really bad, depending on which side of that coin you were on the year before. So it'll be interesting when we draw them out of the hat this year to see, you know, who ends up where and what was done on that particular track the previous year to either make it better or not you know because it could go it could go extremely one way or the other yeah once again hanging out with randy birdsong the host of king of the raven it's an all-new series on outdoor channel you have to watch it tuesdays 10 30 p.m eastern time also follow them on social media for updates uh clip highlights great stuff now i want to talk about just work for a second man uh, one of my favorite things to do is hop on you guys' like YouTube channels and stuff. When people say, hey, I do habitat projects, I do habitat improvement, conservation stuff, then there's Randy Birdsong. Dude, watch <laughs> it, watching the stuff you guys do. I mean, when you say you do work, I mean, we're talking big excavation equipment. You're in there logging. You're ripping up trees. You've got dozers. I mean, when you say you're working, man, you are working. Hey, I, I've always been, I've always been a firm believer. If you're going to do something, do it right. And I've always been known to, uh, I don't have it per se. So, uh, if, if, if I go into something, I'm going full steam ahead and, and, and I'm going to do it to the very best of my ability with the very best resources that I can get. And, and most of the time, most of the time it ends up being a lot bigger headache than I anticipated, but 
usually it's a lot more rewarding at the end. So, and that's what, you know, kind of we've seen so far on the Raven, man. I, I tell you, it's the, to be able to see that place from where it come from and then to see, you know, where it's at now, it's truly, it's truly unbelievable, but it has, it has taken, you know, a lot of that, a lot of that extreme, uh, work to get it to there, but I'm I'm happy that we went that direction, knowing that we, you know, what we've got now. You got to know that those three guys, when they're out there in the middle of their 400 acres and they're hunting, and it's kind of quiet in the afternoon, they're thinking in their head, "Be careful what you wish for." Yeah, it all seems like a great idea on the front end, but then whenever <laughs> you really get in there and see just how much work that it it really takes to uh, to do it and to do it right, man, it's, uh, it, 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 you can bite off more than you can chew at times, I can tell you. Well, I think it's really encouraging, though. I mean, that is a huge undertaking, a 1,200-acre woodlot where, you know, obviously you've got a big vision. You know what to do. You can see its potential. But that really does give hope to people with property. I mean, we're sitting there. We're, they're basically doing what you guys do amongst their buddies. But they're like, man, I don't know what to do with this chunk of ground. They can really oh, follow yeah. the, the blueprints of you guys. 100%. And that's, you know, and honestly, like, you know, that's what we kind of set out with the, you know, the Raven Project, because it's more of, you know, on the management and all the different things that we've done as far as development side and, and different things like that, you know, and that's really what we set out because, you know, the fact of the matter is, is we've had property of our own all across the board from 40 acre tracks to, you know, 300 acre tracks to now, you know, we've got the Raven, which is like 1200, but we didn't start there and, and we'll have smaller tracks down the road as well. But the cool thing is, is the things that we're implementing on the Raven and showing people what we're doing and how we're doing it. You can do that no matter if you've got a 40 acre track or a 2000 acre track and you're going to have success in it because when it really boils down to it, you can create a whitetail mecca on a very small parcel. You might not hold all your deer there, but if you're doing the right things, you're going to take advantage of everybody else around you because the fact of the matter is, most people are not going to work that hard to be able to create what you need to create to be able to shoot those kind of deer year after year. So even if you've got 40 acres, if you do the right things, you're going to piggyback off of everybody else around you mm. and be able to shoot deer that you normally wouldn't be able to shoot on a 40-acre track by doing that. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking with Randy Birdsong. He's the host of King of the Raven on Outdoor Channel, Tuesday nights at 1030. What a great show. That's right. And this has been presented by My Outdoor TV. Uh, hop online, check them out, MyOutdoorTV.com. You can stream as much. Just get on there, type in Randy Birdsong, type in Nate Hosey, Headhunters. Where can we find you online again, though, buddy? Man, social media is a great place, whether it's uh, Instagram, Facebook, you know, Randy Birdsong, Nate Hosey, we've got Headhunters TV, we've got The Raven Project, uh, or headhunterstv.com or theravenproject.com. Yeah, hey, coming up next, we've got River Kloss. He's the host of Ranch America. Mondays, right? Yeah, Mondays, 9.30 feet Eastern Time Outdoor Channel. That's what you gotta do. Randy, dude, God bless you. We love you. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Hey, appreciate the time, fellas. We really appreciate y'all having me. You're on the revolution with Jim and Trav. Ooh, doggy. <laughs> Connect with the boys on social media and always at JimandTrav.com. On to the internet you go. Yep, the internet. Stay right there. The boys will continue right after these short messages. All right, let's go do this. The saltwater lifestyle comes alive every Saturday morning on Outdoor Channel. 
The fish are aggressive and they're eating. I think we're going to have a good day. Join our savvy anglers as they pursue exotic species in some of the world's most amazing destinations. You could spend a lifetime exploring these waters. It's about just being together and reminiscing. Saltwater Saturdays, beginning at 9 a.m. on Outdoor Channel. High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Thanks for tuning in to The Revolution with Jim and Trav and Homegrown. Here's another two-parter with River Class, host of Ranch America on Outdoor Channel, Mondays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at himtnjerky.com. This is part one. Hey, we are back. We're talking from the ground up of this week's show. Of course, we had Randy Birdsog on. Yep. And uh, he's the host of King of the Raven. And now our next guest, man, he knows everything about ranching. That's right. River class. He's high class with manure on his boots. He's the host of Ranch America. All new series. You have to watch it. Mondays, 930 p.m. Eastern time on Outdoor Channel. It premiered last Monday. Mr. River, how's it going, buddy? Uh, it's going very, very well. Very glad to be here with you, gentlemen. Well, this is an interesting concept for a show you're you're featuring different ranches around the country right absolutely it wasn't my idea but it was the, the two great producers jim and scott uh who both they have several other shows on on outdoor channel and meat and fishmonger and uh it just so happened that scott was in my little town and in my little restaurant and i met him and i was started complaining about beef and how people just don't have any idea where beef comes from. They go to the market, they pick up a ribeye, and they don't know the numbers of steps that it took to get that beef underneath that cellophane at their market. And I went on and on about it. I raised cattle on a couple thousand acres, and, and it's a it's an amazingly difficult animal to get to market. And he was like, wow, that, that might be a show. Yeah, so with your new show, Ranch America, you travel around. You, you not only feature, you know, some of your animals, but you go to different places, uh, different small ranches. And we're not talking like the four sixes here, but it's really no, interesting. No, and that's actually, that's my favorite part is because I am not the expert here. I am just a own a couple of restaurants. I've been riding horses my whole life. 10, 20 years ago, you know, the friend said, hey, you want to come help get some cows with me? I just fell in love with it. And as I say, I'm a wannabe cowboy, but I don't know anybody that doesn't want to be a cowboy. What's really interesting is you pointed out, and a lot of people don't look at it this way, these cattle are treated, you know, I'm talking about ranches, you know, they are treated exceptionally well. They have better feed than humans do. They have better health care than humans do. I mean, their lives truly are amazing, and they're loved and appreciated for it. Absolutely couldn't be a more perfect statement. Uh, Every rancher I know has had a a sick calf. They don't worry about their truck. They pick that calf up. They sit in the front seat. They turn the heat on. That calf's going to throw up all over the place, whatever. (laughs) They don't care. They want that calf. They love that animal. They love their grass. They love their ground. They love their fences. It's not an animal that you can raise in confinement. Mm-hmm. Cows have to move, just like the bison did, just like elk do. They've got to move to be healthy. And so when people talk about what it takes to raise cows, it's unbelievable what cowboys and cowboys all over this nation do to bring beef to the market. And as you said, it's not the big four sixes and the five dots and these places like that. 88% of all ranches 
are these, you know, small 55, 60 head ranches. And that's what you're getting when you go to the market and you get yourself some corn fed beef. Something you pointed out, and I think it is so brilliant. Um, you, you said, you know, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, Mr. River, but the day you take, you know, an animal to the butcher, you know, to be slaughtered, if you don't feel some sort of remorse, pain, love, anguish, that is the day it's time for you to quit because I, there is nobody, Jim, me, anybody that's ever done it, has never felt this emptiness, this love. It feels like you're losing a friend. If you don't have that, you're in it for the wrong reason. I couldn't agree more. Every two, three, four times a year, um, I go to our honey hole patch. It's about a 16-acre place where we, where Mike, the steers we're, that we're getting ready to process, they live for their last, you know, they live to, to, for two years, and then in the last couple of months, they go to this beautiful part with this big pond with palm fronds and stream that comes out that they can eat a bunch of watercress and rose hips. Because we finish on, our cattle's finished on grass. When I call them up, they come trotting right up to me, and uh, they know me. They know that I've treated them really well for their life. They're not afraid of me. And then I put them in the trailer. And that is the first time, even the night before, I think got it. But that's the time when they walk into my trailer, and I know I'm going to close those gates. I take pause. Mm-hmm. I, I say a little prayer. I say thank you. And it is a, about a 40-minute drive to where I take them to be slaughtered, and it is on my mind for that entire time. I bring them in, I back in, and it's a USDA-inspected place, so there's, there's a lot of rules about who can go where. And I bring that trailer back into a, uh, into a chute, and I open it up, and it's pristine because it's USDA, and it's clean. And I open up my, my trailer gate, and those, cow, those five, six steers come out, and they go down, go down the alleyway. Yeah, I choke up every time. It's never a fact. It's never just, uh, oh, that's my to-do list done today. And I think everyone should do that. When you're, when, I mean, I'm sure you've spoken to hunters. When they go out, they got to say the same thing. they got to say thank you. Yeah, well, you know, the, the interesting part, you were talking about the end of the trail with uh, going in into the packing house. But the fact of the matter is, we've had a lot of bad weather this winter. I mean, really, really cold, yeah. lots of snow and so forth. That is when the cowboy worked begins because he's out there he's checking all these calves that have just been born and normally you like to have your calves born in like january february and march unless you're in the far northern climes because right. you know the cold weather's tough on them but the fact of the matter is they're out there they're checking them they're making sure that they're going to survive because that is their livelihood to make sure and so not only are you feeding them well but you're also caretaking them like they should be and I think Absolutely. you know, you, never, you don't ever just throw cows out on a on a ranch and just walk away. No, um, this winter has been real tough here in Northern California, in the good and bad. We need all this weather, we need all this water, but it's been so cold, we're not getting any grass. Mm. So where we usually are stop feeding in in December, we're still going to feed because these girls, these these steers and and cows and heifers are hungry. If you don't go out and feed them, they're going to start pushing on your fences. They push on their fences, they're going to find a hole, and they're going to be taken off. So cowboys are out every day. They are checking fences. They're checking their cattle. They're looking them right in the eyes. They're making sure that their fur looks good, that their noses look good, their eyes are clean. They aren't walking around with a low head because it is, like you said, it's, it is their livelihood. But more than that, I tell you, you look in their eyes, and it's a, it's a living animal that they love.
Idaho. You bet. Hey, we got to take a break. Can you stick around, River? Absolutely. I appreciate it. All right. Hey, we're talking with River Class, and of course, he's the host of Ranch America. It uh, premiered last week, Monday nights uh, at 9.30 Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. Exactly. And this has been presented by High Mountain Seasonings. Get some of River's beef. Put That's some it. High uh, Mountain Seasonings on it. H-I-M-T-N-Jerky.com. Mr. River, to learn more about you, Ranch America, uh, the vast ventures you're on, man, where can we find you online? If you look up in Murphy's, if you just look up my name, River Class, it comes up pretty quick. There's not there's not too many people in our little town, and and uh, but the Grounds Restaurant is one of my restaurants, and then Firewood Restaurant, Firewood is also one of my restaurants. So there's two of them. One's a quick service, and then the other one is a is a real fancy breakfast, lunch, and dinner full bar. That's Grounds, and then my beef. We sell that online. We got. Tomorrow's packing day, so I'll be I'll be packing up boxes and dropping them off at the restaurant. People pick them up there, and then we also ship. And that's Calaveras Cowgirl Beef. And um, Calaveras Cowgirl Beef, this website's really beautiful. My wife, Marcy, put that all together. Boy, she does a hell of a job. You bet. Hey, more River Class right after this. Come listen to a story about some boys I know. They hunt and fish a lot and have a funny show. They love this great land, happy to be free. Give it up for Trav and Papa Jim B. Don't move. The revolution with Jim and Trav will return right after these important messages. Home improvement meets outdoor lifestyle. This thing's got good bones. On the all-new original series, Renovation Hunters. When people have their hunting camps and fishing camps, sometimes these structures don't get taken care of. Host Hal Schaefer and his talented craftsmen have just seven days to transform a rundown structure into a beautiful cabin, lodge, or vacation home. We want to put the family back in the outdoors. All-new Renovation Hunters. Fridays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Outdoor adventure and great eating go hand-in-hand with all of our High Mountain Seasonings jerky kits, snack and sticks, buckboard bacon, finishing sauces, rubs and shakers, marinades, and more. Go to HIMTNJerky.com or call 1-800-829-2285 today. The Revolution with Jim and Travis on the air, talking homegrown. Ready for demonstration, kids? Now, once again, here's River Class, host of Ranch America on Outdoor Channel, Mondays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here's part two. Hey, we are back. We're talking from the ground up. And, of course, we uh, we talked with River Class. He's our guest right now and talked about how beef is raised the right way. Now, Mr. River, as you travel uh, throughout the U.S., the greatest place in the world, man, and you visit these different ranchers, have you been amazed? Is there similarities in your practices? Obviously, you all are cut from the same cloth. You know, I mean, you all love the same stuff. But it's really kind of surprised you how the methods, techniques change as you migrate throughout the U.S.? Oh, absolutely. It's probably one of the most fascinating things for me um, is how much we have in common. And within a couple of words, we can figure out someone we both know. It's that small, <laughs> no matter where we are. And it's always because of the horse or the processor or the pack or the saddle maker or the bridle maker. Everybody loves their bits. What I'm really amazed is what people are doing now. What I'm learning from people in the beef industry as the younger generation, this, the, the ranch hands that are coming up that, that are in their 30s and 40s, and they're like, hey, this 26,000 acres, 
worked for my great grandfather and worked for my grandfather, but it's tough to make a living now. And, and it, as diesel gets to five dollars a gallon and tires are eighteen hundred a set, they got to think about new ways to make more money off of each cow with less land. And it's been amazing to see that the, the ways that people are AIing or their embryo flushing and just the beauty that they take and the care that they take with their animals to bring amazing beef to the American market. Yeah. Now, with uh, Ranch America, what are you hoping to get across to the uh, to the viewers uh, oh, about ranch life or about cows yeah, or all of the above? Anything, the cowboy spirit is a really interesting way of life and it is a way of life um, it's not a way to make money but it is a way of life and when i'm out there and what i want this show to go is i want people one just to take a little peek so they can see that it's not just pretty uh horses and 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 riding out that there's a lot of hard work a lot of fencing a lot of time that you're not on the horse then the second part and probably the most important part is if i could just go into a market sometime I see a guy or gal, and they're standing there looking over a ribeye or a New York or some burger, and they've just got a second on their mind that they're looking at that beef, and they just go, hey, I've seen a couple of shows. Mm -hmm. I'm a little more thankful because I know what love and integrity went in to bring this beef to my market that I can now take home and feed my family with. Well, I think it's amazing is, you know, they don't think about that one o'clock in the morning in a snowstorm when you're pulling a calf or you're giving it shots or your wife is crying over something, all those steps that you went through to give, you know, the best life you could to this animal. And that is where a lot of animal rights groups and, and you know, these vegans and this and that vegetarians, they don't see what we no. see. They don't go through those struggles. And perhaps if they could just sit down for a second and realize the love and the work that goes into it. Um, it's not because you, you don't eat the animal because you hate the animal. That is truly the only animal's purpose in life. And if we can enrich their lives and make it better, which all ranchers do, I mean, it's a win for everybody. I couldn't agree more. And I'm telling you, when I was in, when I was in uh, Lewistown, Montana, we were on some of the scraggliest ground I'd ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, the rancher there said, I want you to look at this. Nothing can grow on this ground but scrubby little grasses, beat up little um, thorn thistles. And he said, I put three or 400 head of cattle out here. They walked this entire property. I can't eat this. And nothing that I could grow here, I could, nothing would grow here for me to eat. But I put these cows out here. They'll eat this. And with their four, with their ruminant stomachs, they will turn this scrap into a protein that I can take care of. He says, I love them all day long. For the fact that they can do that. And I'm telling you, that's, that couldn't be more true. When I first got this gig and I was writing my notes of places I wanted to go and I, I was saying what I wanted to get across, I just looked at these notes and it was really interesting. I was said, I really hope that I'm promoting this lifestyle and I'm not eulogizing. Mm, yeah. And I really want to make sure that people see that this is not a dying breed. This is people, there's a lot of cowboys out there, cowboys, and, and when I say cowboys, some of them are girls. They're some of the best cowboys I know are cowgirls. And I can guarantee you they wouldn't live any other life. And they are not, they're not going away. They are trying to figure out a way to continue with the lifestyle and to continue to make American beef the best beef in the world. 
Well, you know, um, you you were talking about rodeo because you feature ranchers, you feature, uh, you know, cowboys like, you know, rodeo guys. Uh, and you're talking about the, the rough stock and the steers and stuff. You know, for a matter of seconds, let's say eight seconds, a bull or a bronc goes out or a steer, they rope it, maybe 10 seconds on a long run, whatever. That's all the work they do. Then they get treated like little princes, little kings, little queens. They love oh, their yeah. life. We, I mean, they have an amazing I'll life. You, I'm sure if you've seen it, you can imagine. We show a lot of that. We go to the Red Luffle and Gelding Sale. Mm-hmm. And I, my wife's a hairdresser. And my wife walked by, she's like, I don't have that many products next to my stuff when I'm doing hair for the human. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm telling you, and then we interviewed one of the vets at Cheyenne, and this woman, really nice, real pretty, she said, I asked her, I'm like, hey, just for people out there, because I'm walking around, and I'm looking at this place, it's incredible, the cleanest stalls, the freshest food, you deal with all these stock contractors, how do they treat their animals? She looked at right at the camera, and she said, Treat their animals. They treat their animals better than they do their wives, girlfriends, and their family. <laughs> yeah. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there, River. We've been talking with River Class, and of course, he's the host of Ranch America. Uh, it premiered uh, last week on uh, Outdoor Channel about, yeah. uh, what, 9.30? Yeah, you got to watch it every single Monday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. That's Ranch America. You know, America. he's kind of teamed up with those, our buddy Scott Lasa. Yeah, too. Scott Lasa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think and he... Ma- and that, you guys, I just saw the Mountain High the seasoning. It was your, one of the sponsors. Yeah. Oh, man, we, I, I went to the place in Riverton. That is some great stuff. I put it on my steak. Yeah, it is good. All right, so this has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV Again, Mr. River, all things Ranch America, your restaurants, your beef. People really need to hop online and order some of your beef, man, uh, and support what you're so. doing. We got some. My, my, my freezers are full, and then we're <laughs> shipping out to the, tomorrow and every week. That's right. Where can we find you online? Calaveras Cowgirl Beef. Calaveras is C-A-L-A-V-E-R-A-S, Cowgirl Beef. All right, that's what we got to do. Jimbo, who we got coming up next? Hey, out of shoot number five is Cat Daddy. That's right. He's riding a catfish. You know he's going to miss the mark out. All right, so again, (laughs) watch Ranch America every single Monday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Outdoor Channel, all new series. Mr. River, God bless you. Keep doing what you're doing, buddy. I hope I can because it's a whole lot of fun for me. I can get you where you need to go. I'm a country boy revolution with jim and trav by listening to this show you are officially more american than the statue of liberty punching kim jong-un in the face at the super bowl while eating a hot dog so that's pretty american outdoor radio for over 16 years stay tuned the revolution will continue after these short messages Reimagine every adventure, every terrain, every incredible memory. The Yamaha Wolverine family of side-by-side vehicles help you reimagine off-road capability, comfort, and confidence. Available right now at your local Yamaha dealer. With the Wolverine R-Max 21000 and R-Max 41000, recreation meets sport and maximum power meets maximum comfort and versatility. And with the Wolverine X2 and X4850, extreme terrain meets its match. Find your Yamaha Wolverine at your local Yamaha dealer or at YamahaMotorsports.com. That's YamahaMotorsports.com. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Vehicle specifications subject to change. 
Thanks for tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Now, here's our catfishing guru, the proprietor of the bean hole, and a man with over 250 pairs of overalls, Cat Daddy. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. Here are the boys. Grab a rod, grab my net, hit the creek. Hey, we are back. We're talking from the ground up on this week's show. Before the break, we had old River Class on. And, of course, what a great guy he is. That's right. Going from horseback to cat back. Uh, with Cat Daddy, the Kansas Cat Man. Mr. Cat Daddy, how's it going, buddy? Well, horseback to cat back to fat back. <laughs> now, you like that old uh, belly skin off them old catfish, right? Oh, yeah, that old flathead belly, man. You can't mm. beat that with a big stick. Now, can you make big? Bacon out of that? Well, hellfire. I don't know, Jim. I think you ought to try I never that. thought about making bacon out of that. I think you've asked that a few times. You know, Jimbo <laughs> likes to, to strip the back straps out of those channel cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, he'd have plenty, plenty of fish to do it with because we've been out drifting in the flats out on the Ooh. lake. Not doing too bad at all. Really? really? Yeah, fresh cut shed and out there drifting. We got six poles out. Mmm. Covering now, a lot of territory, man. The fish are starting to move in and flash chasing them shed. Now, you know, spring isn't that far off, and obviously the cats have all changed their clocks, so that's good. Um, <laughs> but it really, you know, it seems like we're in that spring weather pattern because we go from cold to lots of snow to the next day 70. But is that picking up that bite? Is it kind of bringing them out of their lethargic behavior? You know, man, I'll step out the front door, and the wife's got all kinds of crazy flyer planted and stuff, you know, every year. When I see them babies start popping up out of the ground, them lilies and them other uh, dancing tulips she's got, yep, it's time to go fishing. Mm. Well, no, the and thing- it's, they, they've been popping up all over. Oh. Yeah, now, did you go out to Banner Creek? Is that where you're drifting, or were you out there, uh, Marion? Well, we was up up to Perry. <laughs> and, the other one. And we was fishing the Delaware River for a little while. Oh, really? The old Dell. Don't have much current out on the Delaware, so you can just float pretty slow down there. Yeah. Now, what is the depth of that? Well, it varies. You know, uh, uh, it, it's a little bit better water than the Kansas River. You got all them sandbars out there, and it's really low. Yeah. But the Delaware, you know, it's got a little better water. It used to have a lot of a lot of current to it, but anymore it's just a trickle. But mm-hmm. it's just enough, you know, to get you down down around the bend a few ways. And oh, I don't know. It, it's uh, the deepest spots out there is probably thirty feet. Oh. But that's in a bend around a hole, like you know. Yeah. It averages, I think, about oh, 12 to fourteen feet. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now, when you're when you're on the lake, you're really relying on the wind to push you wherever you're going to go. But on the river, you've got that, uh, that current. current that that, well, that really yeah, helps you. Well, yeah, you got a little trickle of a current. Like I say, it ain't like it used to be down there. But uh, uh, like out on the lake, we uh, had the trolling motor going, and we've just using it. You know, on the days the wind wouldn't push us. Mm-hmm. Like I say, the, the fresh shag guts and the, uh, cut up in the heads and mm-hmm. the side pieces of it, you know, those fish are really hungry right now, so they're they're going to hit it pretty hard. Yeah, now how many cats did you guys land? 
I'll never tell. <laughs> <laughs> you can no, lie. No, we done pretty good. We, we done pretty good out there. And they vary from size all, all the way up to about 14, 15 pounds. <laughs> a, good, a good guy never tells you how many catfish they caught. Hey, he does. <laughs> More Damn than right one. where you're fishing either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, now, what you know? What time of day are you guys getting out for this? Well, you know, it's, it's a little chilly still in the mornings, you know, so uh, we, we've been kind of hitting the water about 10, 10.30. It's right after then, the third cup of coffee. Then drifting out to about 4, 35 o'clock. Oh, Come wow, really? Home. Yeah. Yeah, it takes about an hour or two to clean them fish and mm-hmm. get everything worked out right. Yeah, it's a pretty productive day, pretty productive day. Well, let's just say there's two hours for you cleaning fish. That is a hell of a lot of fish, okay? <laughs> I'll never tell. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, the thing is, when you're baiting up this hook, okay, mm. for drift fishing, what size of a hook are you using, and do you actually smash that head uh, to get a little more flavor going out into the water? What do you do? Well, so, sometimes we do crush that head up. I mean, just mangle it pretty hard. I, I got this little little wooden mallet in this little bag. I put it in and I whack it about three or four times. And <laughs> it gets it pops in my eyeballs and gets that eyeball juice rolling around in there. It's pretty per, pretty good bait, you know. Uh, we use a. I've been using about a uh, number five kale hook, stainless steel kale hook. Mm, yeah. And they're a funny shaped hook, but boy, when you set that hook on, man, it goes right through the top of their head. It'll give you a not, headache. I'm not, not saying that don't hurt, but <laughs> <laughs> those are all the flay knife. The flay knife's worse than that hook. <laughs> yeah. That gives a whole new meaning to did you hook them? Yeah, Cat Daddy's not playing around like those bass anglers. No. <laughs> no, no, no. We're out there to kick some bass. <laughs> now, do you guys have anything available right now? Because obviously, you know, people got cabin fever. They want to get the hell out. They want to go fishing with Cat Daddy. Um, are you pretty booked up? Well, we're starting to get that way right now. You know, er- early spring's like that every year. Uh, we got uh, damn sure a few openings left open, you know, for folks that like to go out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If and- they catch some table fare. And, and where do we have to go to to find out more about you? Well, you just go to www.catdaddyguideservices.com, and that'll just about explain everything you need to know. Yeah. Now, how long have you been a guide for, Cat Daddy? Oh, let me knock the dust off this. Let me see. <laughs> oh, probably since about 80, 82, 83. Mm, back when you and the Delaware both were fast. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right. Yeah, hey, if you'd like to write old Cat Daddy and uh, send him a photograph of your latest and greatest, send it to catdaddy underscore one at msn.com. Yeah, this has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Hop online, check them out, yamahamotorsports.com. And seriously, boys and girls, make 2023 the year you get out with Cat Daddy. It'll be the best fishing trip you've ever been on or will ever have. Isn't that right, Jimbo? That's right, and I'm going to do it too. That's right. Cat Daddy, we love you so much, buddy. Man, I tell you guys, it's just a daggone honor just to be on your show. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav. We kind of like to be stalked. So go ahead and follow us. Instagram, Twitter. Twitter it, Twitter it. Facebook. And at JimandTrav.com. The voice will return in a few moments. I'm Al Simon, 91 years young. I created Balance 7 20 years ago. At 67, I went to see the doctor for the first time in my life and found out that I had medical problems. He told me that was normal for my age. I don't believe God intended us to be sick and old. I decided to find something to bring my health back. 
For 10 years, I studied pH and how important it is to the human system. Balance 7 gave me back what I lost by getting older. I no longer get out of bed with a joint discomfort. Balance 7 can do for you what it has done for me and many others. In three days' time, you'll feel more energy, less joint discomfort, and clarity of thinking. No doctor or hospital can do what Balance 7 can do for you. Balance 7 is the key to unlocking the healthy immune system. Bring your body back to balance. Order now. Receive free shipping with the code word AL. Go to balance7.com. That's balance7.com. Order now and get your free shipping and a free gift with your order. Go to balance7.com. Use the code word AL. The Revolution with Jim and Trav present Real Men of the Outdoors. Real Men of the Outdoors. Today we salute you, Mr. Jim. Look who it is, it's Jim. With his endless supply of Tommy Bahama outfits, safari hats, and sandals. What were you thinking? I was going to change my name to Tommy Bahama. You think it looks natural, but it couldn't look weirder. Unless maybe it had a propeller. Oh, look at the freak. I do have new shorts. <laughs> well, I got Hollywood legs. But- I, I like to wear shorts and a t-shirt when I record. Do you know that I have barbecue sauce on my knuckle? Yeah, I did lick it off. So once again, we salute you, oh grandpappy of the outdoors, Mr. Jim. I don't know if it was from yesterday or last week. It's the Great show, everyone. We just got to get out of here. Man, this is it. Oh, no. This sounds serious and real. This concludes the revolution with Jim and Trav this week. What the hell are you still doing here? Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at JimandTrav.com. Hey, what an interesting show this week. This was a good show. Yeah, old Randy Bird song, also River Class, and Cat Daddy. Glad you got that out. (laughs) Uh, Last word, big guy. Last word is get out there and have a good time, and spring turkey hunting is right around the corner if it hasn't already started where you're at. Yeah, do some shed hunting, do some fishing, just get out. Recreate outdoors as a family and hammer home firearm safety, boys and girls. We'll return next week. I think we got on Jeff Danker, Brian Tucker, and uh, Tommy Gomes. The Fishmonger. Yep. Great show as well. Uh, Thanks for listening. God bless you and United States of America. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.